Hey there, brick and mortar business owners. How are you doing? So good to be here as always. One of my favorite things about being a podcaster is meeting other business owners. I seriously get a kick out of it and it forces me to connect with people that I normally wouldn't. And today's guest is one of those people. Mary Beth helps business owners create a contingency plan. It may not be a hot topic, but it's such an important topic. Do you have a plan in place for when the unexpected happens? Do you have a personal plan in place? Do you have a plan in place if you are out of work for months on end? Mary Beth is that person to help us. She helps business owners plan for the unexpected. We talk about what holds people back from making these important decisions. We talk about who should be your second in command. We also talk about the differences between your personal and business contingency plan and what that should include. She also has a free gift for all of you. So go grab yours in the show notes. And now without further ado, I welcome you to listen to the beautiful Mary Beth Simone. You've put your blood, sweat, and tears into creating a storefront that lights you up, serves your clients well, and contributes significantly to the community you love. You are my hero, and I affectionately call you a rebel woman. Hey there, my name is Melissa Rose, a brick and mortar business owner with a handful of kiddos and a few passion projects that I head up like this one. I'm also your visibility coach and consultant for a service-based business like yours. I'm passionate about helping small business owners thrive in their community and become the only option in town for their industry. In this podcast, we're going to share the nitty gritty of running a successful brick and mortar business by sharing stories, talking strategies, and learning practical tips to run a kick-ass business. Ready to be inspired, empowered, and equipped to create the small business of your dreams? Let's get real. Mary Beth Simone, thank you so much for being on the Brick and Mortar Visibility Podcast. Thank you so so much for having me, Melissa. I am so thrilled to talk with you today. Yes, everybody. This is such a deep personal topic for me. Um, This is very needed and um, nobody talks about this and we're going to get into that. But before we get into the nitty gritty, Miss Mary Beth, tell everybody what you wanted to be when you grew up. What I wanted to be was, it was probably a mix of, I wanted to be president (laughs) <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. And now no um, way. <laughs> no way. No. And um and I also wanted to be a businesswoman. Um my grandmother had her own insurance company. My grandfather had a painting company, so I knew that I wanted to in business. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Especially for your grandma, because that's, that was yeah. at a time women. Yeah. And she was a single parent with six kids and yeah. yeah. She's a badass. Holy cow. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Okay. So Mary Beth, tell everybody now what you do and who you serve. Now I primarily work with female business owners to guide them through creating their contingency plan for their personal life and their business. Fun stuff, guys. Fun stuff. (laughs) It can be though. I want to talk to you about though, you had 30 years at Vanguard. People are investing their money. That's for future. That's for end of, you know, retirement and things like that. So tell us how that transitioned into what you're doing now. Working with Vanguard, I mean, the beauty of working at a large corporation is you get to do all different types of work if you choose to. Um, So I probably had about 15 different roles in 31 years, uh, and it was primarily in project management. I was eligible to retire And I was ready to retire. I wanted, I always looked forward to the next phase, to being able to create 
work of my own dreams in retirement and to not be so worried about the day-to-day, the you know, the income needs, all of that kind of stuff to have my retirement already funded. So I was excited about that. In the process of preparing for that, I was trying to figure out what I would do next. And one of my closest friends who had retired two years before me was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. She looked perfectly healthy. She was 55 years old when she was diagnosed. Uh, She had just retired for a short time before she was diagnosed. She asked me that if she didn't survive, would I be willing to assist her husband with navigating the finances? Because she, like many women, handled everything. She handled all the investing. Mm. Uh, She was a project and program manager like I was. Um, So she was tech savvy. She had, you know, had a beach home in addition to her primary residence, and she handled all of the finances. Her husband uh, didn't use a cell phone or a computer, and she had retiree benefits that he was eligible to leverage, and she knew that it was going to be challenging for him if she passed. And I said yes, that I would do that, that I would help him not knowing and hoping it would never come to pass and not knowing what I was getting into. She passed away in July before I retired in December. And I ended up spending six months with her husband, working with him usually around six hours a week while I was working full time, helping him get up to speed. And she had a one sheet of paper on the computer that I found that said stuff he needs to know. And I found it. And that was really my starting point. That was all that I had to work with. And it was, it was very difficult. I really made me realize how taking care of the business of resolving somebody's estate really puts your grief on hold. And in that process, I started to put together, I developed a process for how to navigate this. And one day I came home and I was having trouble uh, with some corporate work that had to be done uh, on her behalf. And I came home and I said to my husband, I hope that I don't die before you because I don't know who is going to help you do this. It's so complicated. And he said, you need to do something about that. And started, I put a plan in place for us, and then I started doing it for business owners in the community. Um, yeah, and that's how this business developed. We always hear when you you have your estate or when you have your will in place and all that stuff in place, it just makes, it's a gift to your people um, so that they can, like you said, grieve. Otherwise, they're, they're freaking out. I just lost a, a friend of mine, like cancer, young, I mean, 50. And now the wife is having to, to make these really, really hard decisions with the business. It's just really, yeah, it's... Right. And it's so helpful if you can have those conversations before there is an emergency yeah. to understand what somebody wants to review it with an attorney, make sure that the business is set up so that the spouse can, you know, can sell it, can make decisions because not every business is set up to enable that. So why don't people take this step forward to plan? Much like my friend, you know, I think we are generally optimistic and hopeful Mm -hmm. that things will 
work out well. One thing that I've seen with business owners is the longer they have a track record of generally good health Mm -hmm. and being able to overcome obstacles, the less they think about what will be that thing that could potentially take them out of their business for a few weeks or a few months Mm -hmm. or longer term. It's not the kind of stuff that we want to think about. But I would think it would be such a weight lifted without realizing you're carrying that weight. That's the beautiful thing about stress. We don't even realize what stress we're carrying until it's gone, until you go on a vacation and, or, you know, allow that time. And that's in all areas of our life. That's what I find with people is that, and particularly with business owners, is that not having a plan in place creates a level of stress that they don't even realize is kind of nagging away at them in the background. Mm -hmm. They might not have a name for it. They might not know exactly where that angst comes from. But once they create a plan or even start to move in that direction, they realize that they are starting to let go of that stress. Besides the obvious, what are reasons people or especially business owners need a contingency plan? When it comes to business owners, it is important that the way that the business is structured, that it does allow for your second-in-command, your business partner, your personal life partner to be able to take steps to support you if you are ill. So one of the great gifts of the pandemic was that it brought front and center for us examples, which probably everyone listening can think of at least one business owner who was unexpectedly out of their business, especially in the early days. And the stress that it creates for the employees when that happens, Mm -hmm. all of the unknowns, and for, you know, the family or dependents who rely on the income from that business, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we want the money to continue flowing. We want the credit that the business owner has established to be maintained so that there aren't any negative impacts financially or, you know, just in the operations of the business. Some people have regulatory aspects to their business uh, that have to be maintained Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as well. So having somebody who is knowledgeable, trained, and ready to step in. Who who should that second person be? That is the biggest question (laughs) that comes up. Because you Uh, mentioned before we talked, or maybe it was on with, you know, your, your life partner might not be that best person. Yeah. And so I think that we all come into that question with potential assumptions as to who it should be. You know, it may not be a good idea for your life partner or your business partner to be that second in command, uh, depending on what their mindset is. So one of the first qualities is that you need to be able to trust them 100% with your financial information, your password. Think of this second in command as someone who you would give power of attorney to. Mm -hmm. So you trust them that much to act on your behalf in the event that you are alive, but unable to act on your behalf. So they need to be trustworthy. They need to accept your mortality. I was just on a call before this with a client and they were talking about a second in command. It's actually their backup second in command who doesn't like to talk about this because they get emotional Mm -hmm. and they don't want to think about the person dying. That is really not a good 
choice for the second in command. They need to accept your mortality and they need to be able to have these conversations and stay yeah. in communication with you because it's going to be a living, breathing document, your uh, contingency plan. And you need to be able to keep them up to date. They need to be talented at doing difficult things. There's an emotional situation going on and there's business that needs to be taken care of. So it needs to be that kind of person who you can look at their history and say, yeah, they're they're pretty tough cookies. They can handle both things happening at the same time. And they need to be good at handling paperwork. Mm-hmm. As much as everything is, we have a very full digital life, but in the case of emergencies, it's often um, original documents are required, mailings, phone calls to corporations, that kind of thing. So somebody who can handle all of those moving parts. Okay. So how, what you do, very important, but how is that different from the estate plan offered by an attorney? Yeah, that's a great, great question. And this often gets confused. So sometimes people will think, well, I do, I have a will. So isn't that my contingency plan? A will, a power of attorney, and a living will or a healthcare directive are really the most basic aspects of being prepared. And they're very, very important. But that is the foundation of your contingency plan. And that is fundamental. When we're talking about business owners, often business owners need a full estate plan, potentially a trust something that is a little more involved that interweaves the business organization into the overall estate plan to make sure that the way that the business is registered is allows access to a second in command or to a uh, spouse or partner uh, to be able to make decisions or sell the business um, at the time that is needed. The will and estate plan are very important, but it is only a piece of the contingency plan. The contingency plan includes all of your important documents. Um, So it'll include things like information about your bank accounts, narratives about how you move money in your bank accounts. A lot of business owners use profit first, which means that they have multiple bank accounts, right? And so narratives are very helpful for your second in command to understand what is going on with all of these bank accounts. And the same thing with credit cards, narratives around your credit cards, all of your like lease agreements, loan documents, your insurance information, real estate information. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of business owners that also dabble in investment properties, right? Mm -hmm. So it gets complex very, very quickly. And if you can imagine someone needing to step in and make sure that the money is still flowing, that all of these different assets are still are staying in a sound state, then they need a lot of information mm-hmm. to do that. I don't even have a huge business, but I like to just like even just the banking. You right. want to say something? <laughs> yeah. So that, so when it comes to banking, like people will be like, like, oh, it's no big deal. I have online banking. It's no so tough. <laughs> us, it's simple, right? It, like It might not even be simple to us, but we know what's happening and we right. handle it on a regular basis. Can yeah. you imagine somebody having to come in and make sure that your business keeps running, even if they if they're 
canceling appointments and putting clients on hold, you still want all of the bills to be paid. Right. And you want the business to stay in good standing while you're gone. I, I know who I would have as my second person. So it, it would be my brother. And I would just imagine he would be like, what in the act, what are you doing, Melissa? Like <laughs> with all the spokes of where right. the money goes, but there's a reason to it because of profit first and other things, but it's just funny. And then you add, you add in, yes, the lease and the estate or the, the rental properties or whatever, you know, for other business owners that do all that. And right. Yeah. And now for some people, like a single second in command won't make sense. It might make sense to have like, so for you, for your brother, if you have a bookkeeper and you have a business attorney who you rely on, then it might be worthwhile to say, okay, my brother will be the decision maker and he will have access to my finances and he will be, he will act as my power of attorney, but he will get input from the bookkeeper and from the business attorney and from the leaders in my business and have that kind of support system. So I refer to that as a board of directors type of approach. So there are all there are different yeah. variations that might work for different scenarios. Yeah. Another question. So you help people with their business and then you personal contingency plan as well? Yeah. So I do suggest to people to start with their personal contingency plan. As you mentioned, the importance of having a will. Everything begins with looking at our lives from just a basic human perspective. And then our businesses are on top of that. So I think that it makes sense to first create your personal contingency plan. And then the next step would be to create a business contingency plan. Mm -hmm. There are similarities, but there are a little bit Mm -hmm. of differences uh, in what gets included. And then the third piece is a business continuance playbook. Now people can do this themselves, but I go in and I, I interview a business owner and ask them about their roles from a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually perspective. And then I document all of their roles and responsibilities. And then we go through that and we assess which of those roles already have standard operating procedures documented for them. And when it comes to business owner roles, usually there aren't any SOPs documented. Uh, And then I interview them in the meetings and I document the procedures for them. So that is to me is like the cherry on top. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. That would be that. Um, one of your questions is, does the contingency plan change the way people think? Absolutely. Once you, once you do that, you're like, Oh, and like I, I would see what I'm doing and then go, oh, that can be delegated. Oh, that can be deleted. Oh, that can go there. And then you realize yes. I don't need to work anymore. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so you're auditing, that, you're auditing the business owner, which is so good. <laughs> that is, that is exactly what happens. And then it's, it's such a great opportunity to step back yeah. and to assess, am I really the best person? And especially since the pandemic. So a lot of business owners had to pivot, right? That was like the most popular word and make so many changes. And they took on a lot of the responsibility. They might've had changes in their staffing model. Mm -hmm. Um, And then coming back after the pandemic, they were still holding on to a lot of things because there was a lot of change. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it is a great opportunity to reassess 
who can or should be doing what. And just to get an outside perspective yes. on the whole yes. thing, right? And to be asked the questions rather than to have to do it yourself. Exactly. Like it, to have somebody look at what I'm doing daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, put it to me, like present it to me in a way that I, I see it visually in a non-emotional way because you're seeing it black and white. This is why I brought her on y'all is because my dad has stage four lung cancer and life changes. And I want to be able to have the freedom, flexibility to go home, but it also puts things in perspective for me. Okay, Melissa, what ducks do you have in a row in case something happens to you? So th- that's why I brought Mary Beth on. And, um, but go back home to help on the ranch and do some gardening because they have these beautiful, beautiful gardens. And my sister and I, my sister came home from Alaska and we were in charge of cutting back the lilies. Both of us were like, this doesn't need to be done. Like, why are we doing this? This is purely just to make the garden look a little nicer before the snow flies. So, but we cut back over a hundred lilies. I mean, it took us all day. And then I sent her pictures of lilies in my garden. I'm like, I know. PTSD here. Like, I feel like I should cut them back. Um, and, and you don't need to, right? But then right. it made me think like in my business, what am I hanging on to because I've always done it or because like with COVID, there were some things like even us recording classes online and, and making it available for people. And yes, that's a nice feature, but is it really needed? Do people really want it? Or is it just a feel good for me that I'm offering this? When when does it really make sense financially and time-wise? So th- those things and to have somebody come in like you and audit what the heck I am doing and then document the systems. Oh my gosh. My team is very good about documenting their systems and Yes. I'm not very good about it myself sometimes as much as I preach to do it. <laughs> and there, I haven't met a business owner that already has all of that done. Yeah. I have not yet. And then once, you know, there's that list of everything that you do as a business owner, then that is a list that is a, an excellent resource for your brother as well. Mm-hmm. If he were to need to come in, run things in the business, what does mm-hmm. she do? daily, weekly, monthly, you know, and where are we in the whole cycle of things? Some or, things would he, or would he be like grandma and grandpa just check the list and say, oh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> what is she great? We'll I'm wait teasing. till something, yes. yeah, something pops up. <laughs> right, right. We're kidding. We're kidding people. Okay. <laughs> oh, funny. First of all, your work is so needed and um, I'm so glad that you offer this service to people. Uh, and I like the three areas that you, that makes so much sense, uh, obviously personal business, but then the contingency plan coming in that way, that one, I think I get most, most excited about because I, I could see so much value in that right now, right now. Very cool. Very cool. So, um, Mary Beth, how can you explain a little bit how people work with you? Um, the time frame? how does that look for someone? A client decides that they want to do all three contingency plans or just one or two. Each plan takes about four weeks. Um, So that's what I typically allocate with people. And we meet weekly for 90 minutes uh, and have sessions. There's often homework for the client. There's often homework for me. uh, And we knock out one plan each four-week sprint. A lot of people do it consecutively. That could be too much for some people. My only recommendation is to complete, if you're going to complete all three, to do it within a year, um, just to, you know, have that container in order to, to get it done. And then after it is created for the first year afterwards, I offer a complimentary annual plan review, which Mm -hmm. helps 
you know, show the person how do I go through and do the review and make updates mm-hmm. on an annual mm-hmm. basis because it's important to keep it updated, fresh, make sure that, you know, as you close bank accounts, yeah. open bank accounts, credit cards, like things are always changing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's only as good as the, you know, freshness element of the plan. And yeah, so I I create binders for the clients and I ship them to them. I have mm-hmm. a lot of that information on my site yeah. as well for mm-hmm. people who want to do it on their own. The only challenge is, um, you know, holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and following the process to get yeah. it done. I mean, yes, of course you can do this all on your, all, your own. The whole point of hiring somebody is to get it done. I mean, just right. like... <laughs> anything. Yes. You hire a trainer because then you have to do it. And it and saves you time in the, in end, the long run. You know, yeah, yeah. Having a guide, right? Yes, like with absolutely. anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And she lays it out very clearly on her website, what you can do and where, what cost is and everything like that. But for those of you that just wanted to get a little snapshot right now, I wanted you to explain that. Anything else you want to share with our listeners? This was so, so helpful. The only other thing I would say is embrace the challenge and the struggle. This can be something that is uh, difficult for people to prioritize and to make time for, but it is, as we were talking about before the show, it truly is a gift to the people who want to be there to support you and the people who you will eventually leave behind, you know, to let them know that you care enough about them to put Mm. these plans in place uh, Mm. so that it won't be as challenging. You know, they will be sad, but you don't want them to struggle. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was worded so beautifully how you said that. Thank you so much, Mary Beth. How can people best find you? Yeah. So I created a free business contingency plan for your listeners. So that's available at my website. So nichepartnershipconsulting.net slash Melissa. And you'll get access to the the narrative format that I use for the banking account, bank accounts and credit cards and a 10 question checklist uh, for business owners to help you get started on creating your plan. And then I'm active on LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to connect with me there, I would love that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. And you used my name versus the podcast. I'm very excited. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Mary Beth, thank you so much. This was really um, eye-opening and uh, a great reminder. And I hope everybody just really takes a moment to think about where you, you are at in your life and your business Think about your family and your loved ones and how you said that, Mary Beth, was so beautiful. Like they will feel loved and taken care of if you take care of these really hard things. So very good. Very good. Mary Beth, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. I appreciate you. It was a pleasure to be here with you today, Melissa. Thank you. Yes. And everybody else, thank you for listening. And we will see you here same time, same place next week. Peace. Bye-bye.